Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Lost Remote Podcast. I'm here with Arthur and Zach. I am Brian. And I know you've been looking for the remote, but I have bad news. It is in its own hell and is quite unreachable. So I'm afraid you can't change the channel today. You're just going to have to stick with us with Hellraiser 2. Hellraiser 2 picks up right after the events of Hellraiser 1. And we get to go on a nice journey in a mental institution with Kirsten, which is where someone like her would obviously end up after the events of what occurred in Hellraiser 1. And well, she's in there with, wouldn't you know it, plots just love to catch up with people like Chris Kirsten. And uh, the doctor's quite obsessed with, oh, guess what? Uh, hellish things, and particularly the box, a.k.a. the lament configuration. And, well, you can just assume where things go from there. He decides he's going to tamper with the unknown because he just has to know. And, well, guess what? All hell breaks loose in Hellraiser 2. Gentlemen, how did you like it? Zach, you first. Um, I I enjoy it. I like a lot of movies like this where the first couple minutes is a uh, recap of the first one. So you don't really need to go back and watch Hellraiser because you get all the high spots, including no, do not do that, which is the highlight of the first film for me. I, I enjoy it, though. It's a good movie. Yeah, I actually, as far as the recap uh, aspect, I thought it, I thought they did a a pretty cool job of like you could have you know we've talked about this with the first one you could have gone completely without seeing the first because they don't just hand the whole thing to you up front there's like the little snippets as you go along i i thought it was one of those like show don't tell too much things bring you up to speed it's definitely definitely a, a meatier movie than than the first there's a lot going on here right uh Overall, man, uh, I can, if you can survive the uh, get them off me scene, uh, <laughs> you can survive this movie. I, you know, I, it's definitely interesting. There's definitely some stuff to talk about would be the initial thought here. Uh, it's not going on my boy. Can't wait to watch this again next year list. Yeah, folks, what Arthur's referring to is when I talked about the doctor. He uses Kirsten's store. Is it is Kirsten, right? Kirsty, Kirsty, Kirsty's story about the mattress that because we get Julia back. Julia's back, everybody. Julia. Yeah. So he he can't help but try to see if he can't replicate what happened with Frank with Julia. So he has one of his mental patients because he's act, he's got access to a load of them. And one of them is obsessed with, like, he, he thinks he's covered in bugs, and he's constantly, they have to, like, restrain him because he's constantly Maggots, trying. Michael. Maggots, Michael. Maggots. He's constantly trying to get them off of him, and he's screaming, get them off me, get them off me, all the time. I think it's the only line in the movie he has. <laughs> and uh, so the doctor... The scene, the scene that Arthur's describing is or talking about is doctor gets the mattress that Julia died on, puts the patient on the mattress with a straight razor, and you can imagine what happens from there. And uh, yeah, 
blood sacrifice. Yep. No, I yeah. So this movie. All right, what was what was our just to like to bring back like the initial thoughts of the first one, right? A little slow. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting launch into concepts, but this one, you know, definitely delivers across the board on everything, right? You get the peak into the in more of a peak. You you spend a full act plus in their version of hell. You get backstory on the Cenobites. You get um, the gore ramped up. You know, I think it pretty much, as far as sequels go, um, this is one of the better expand on the concept things, right? Like, anybody not feel that way? or you... No, all I do know is I was, I, was, I was just a little wrong from what I said in the first one, which was that, 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 bug guy or whatever doesn't make another appearance because he does i just forgot about him yeah he does yeah he's in that he's at the very end of the movie but yeah i don't think you see him again after that (laughs) yeah i uh i like how the doctor is able to take full advantage of all his patients to bring back and resurrect julia Uh yeah how he just gets to lead them all to the slaughter and he obviously works in a very observant hospital where 30 people come up missing in, in two days. Arthur. Arthur, you're noise. muted. Which is good because then I can't yell at you for whatever notifications you have on like your your PC next to you that you need to mute or whatever dings we just heard, Zach. Please turn this off. Apparently you can. No, I know. I'm, you couldn't hear me yelling at you about it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mute, mute your PC. Uh, no, so what I was saying is, like, this is a real, like, Arkham Asylum situation. Like, a Dr. Crane in charge. Yep. Uh, like, okay, this is... I, Brian, I know this is one of the things for you and Zach a bit, too. But, like, the convenience meter is definitely off the scale, right? Off the like, charts? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Brian touched on this. Like, we just so happen to have this uh, <laughs> psychologist, therapist, whatever he is, who happens to have a, a study filled to the brim with multiple cubes, uh, maps, a uh, picture of, uh, you know, our pinhead pre-transformation. Yeah. Like, so is this a situation I wanted to, this, one of the things that really kind of hit my head, and this is where I'd really want to hear Brian kind of roll off is like, in this world, how prevalent do you think theories and mythology around these characters are for this one guy, obviously obsessed with to, to have access to so much, but like, is there more? Did this guy just really get lucky and go to the same place in Calcutta to get backstory? Or, like, what do we, what do we think about, like, this world's basis of demons? and? Okay, okay. So I can, I can kind of answer that. Uh, I haven't read the comic books myself, but I am aware of them. And I know that there is an extended, obviously, when you do a comic book, they, they, they extend the lore heavily. And even though it's not touched on in this movie, you could consider that a sweet treat. So in the, in the comic books, there's, there's an extended universe in the comic books, and it is touched upon that not, the box isn't the only gateway to hell. So 
and it, so it's not terribly unique, but in itself, it is unique. It's the only version of that. Those other boxes the doctor has are obviously going to be replicate replicants, which he collected. So he it, he has been searching for it. There is like an like a there's an extended like Kirsten and anyone who's involved with the box aren't the only people in the world involved in this situation. They just may not know of some some people might be dealing with a different object altogether that has similar qualities of like gateway to hell opening type stuff. Maybe it's a different hell, different section. You know, I was going to say, it feels like it would be a different hell, right? Cause like yeah. Leviathan's tied to the box. Yes. And... That's, but like that's... for, for those, that imagery and things like that to like be so readily available to him. I was just kind of wondering like what level of saturation you think it has? Like, is it like people having copies of the Necronomicon? Do you think it's like people having like, you know like I, I don't know like and zach you know if you've got theories on it as well it's just walking into that room you go from it being this one-off thing in a random you know traitor gave him a box in the first movie to oh people know about this or at least some do or there's underground black market theory around it well stuff. go ahead zach are you about to talk okay well anyway um yeah um in the in more movies, <laughs> there there's you know they, you go into the history of the actual creation of the box, which obviously has some stories around it. The stories are going to get out, even if they're not like heavily detailed on what kind of things you're going to run into, you know, because uh, as we learn in this film, Pinhead was uh, I believe a World War One veteran, not for the side. Got to check and, the patches. Yeah. We'll follow up. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So he's a relatively new addition to the Cenobite team, and he rose up through the ranks pretty quickly, I assume. But it, it's just um, and it's just there's it. You'd have to really dig in to the comic books if you wanted to get more extended lore. But I think we get a. I think the. The Doctor, even though it's terribly convenient for the movie, but terribly inconvenient for the protagonist that she would end up in such a place. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's, it's just a sign that um, if, you, if someone's an enthusiast of this, or, you know, he just got intrigued. He probably heard about it somewhere, read about it somewhere in his studies, and really went diving deep, you know. I don't think he's cut out to be a doctor. Just going to throw it out there. Zach, what oh, no. Um, there's a couple things I like about this. I like the uh, pinhead. And Brian, you say that he rose up through the ranks pretty quickly. I want to say that he's the oldest of the four. Right? Like, I, I think he kind of recruited the other three, I guess is how you'd say it. And I think the Cenobites have a lifespan where they think they're there forever, but they're obviously not. And I also want to point out how quickly the doctor made it from uh, Morocco back to back to being whenever uh, Christy comes into the hospital. Because if you remember at the end of the first movie, the box is taken and back to the bazaar at the very end, and it's going back out. So I want to say it's the doctor that gets it or someone that works for him. But He's obviously got an open market order on anything that pops up on this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like yeah. it's... It, uh, so... And, like, and also, I mean, just 
how terribly convenient is it for him that he's in the same place that Frank took the box? And that's what, okay. So there's, <laughs> there was that there's like, it's very convenient. He was there. It's his hospital. He's so in tune. And then whatever his, uh, his orderly is or whatever at the, ho- at the hospital, how convenient was the walking by to the phone call? That is one of the funniest, like, let's get this story moving forward moments I've ever seen in a movie of like the, yes, the mattress. Bring it to the back door, not the hospital back door, yep. my home back door. Yeah, the house the connected nefarious, to the hospital. The nefarious one, the one that's evil, you know, and the guy's like, hmm, maybe I, I should look into this doctor. <laughs> I, I don't think he lives very, he might live on the ground. Oh, sure. But no, I mean, I'm just, th- I'm talking about the, the placement of the guy that went to investigate oh, him. Yeah. Just how funny. It was almost like Looney Tunes, like. Oh, he's getting the mattress, you know, right? Like, yeah. It was just yes, I agree. Crack me up. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, like that's that's when you're getting like they had to, they moved stuff forward, which thank God compared to the first one, <laughs> let's move yeah. stuff forward, right? Like I don't have a yeah. problem with it. I just thought a couple of those elements were funny. Um, you know, talking about the <laughs> the quality of the hospital. There's like the Kirsty floor, and then there's the boiler room floor. And that is a bit of a rough therapy area. I don't think we. I don't think anybody ever gets healed out of there. Yeah. Yeah, it's the no-go zone of the hospital. It's yeah. like, <laughs> it's it's. Yeah, they've got the public face where everyone gets to walk around freely, and then they've got this is where we keep. Get him off me! <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, here's our hopeless cases. Well, I mean, to be fair, most of those ho- hopeless cases aren't there anymore because he fed them to Julia. Yeah, it's just one of those highlights of uh, <laughs> it wasn't exactly there to get them better. It was just a place to store them. Yes. And by the way, he so our male protagonist, the uh, other doctor, orderly or whatever he was, that guy deserved to die because he's an idiot <laughs> when he walks into the room of all the corpses. And there's just one person, one woman there, and they know, like Kirstie's been telling him, we got to stop him from resurrecting this one woman. We got to stop this one woman. And the only other person he sees in this house, like, yeah. oh, she must be, uh, she's a good person. She escaped. You know, the dude's an idiot. Like he, I, I was, whenever he, as soon as he started talking, I was like, oh, you're dead, and you're. St-. I I don't want to call him an idiot. I just want to call him a victim of plot. There's a lot of victim of plot here. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I think there's something intoxicating about Julia, so I get well, it. You I know, mean, it, I, I don't think I would ever in a situation where I'm in a room full of like 20 corpses be like, hey, I should make out with this chick I just met. I have a feeling she has some level of control that is not just what she looks like or whatever. I don't know. I think there's a little bit of a, a paralyzing effect in there. Uh, like he's not thinking straight. Might so be a pheromone. Are you saying that Frank could have used that on Julia in the first one, even though they had their affair right before she got married or after she got married or whatever? There's got to be a reason why people can overlook people (laughs) that look like eighth degree burn victims and make out. (laughs) Because, you know, like there's the thing where Julia comes back when she gets her first sacrifice and she's just blood covered. And even with some gauze on her, he's like, okay, like we can get it on here. Like, there's got to be something that helps bridge the gap between normal human, like you would just roll in a ball if someone like that was touching you and gooing on you. Like, 
there's got to be a certain element that's slightly changing perception. You know, I, I, I don't blame the guy once he got into that room. I okay. think he was like, I think he was like a fly in a spider's nest, right? Yeah. I, I also like now that you mention it when Julia's first like all gooey before she gets wrapped. I do like that when she's standing there looking at the picture, there's all the blood on her footprints and everything. And it also makes me think when I watch that scene, that's, hey, put her in the middle of the room and then let's throw some blood on her because there's no footprints leading to it on that white carpet. Oh. <laughs> she's right around where she's standing. Yeah. I mean, and then the handprint on the wall. <laughs> um, I got a, I got a quick question. This is one of those like doesn't help for the people who haven't seen it but the when Kirsty first gets the image of her dad doing the I'm in hell help me what characteristics on him was she able to use to separate between her dad and Frank because I kind of thought that was Frank the first time like I saw it you know because it's just like this bloody skinless dude saying I'm in hell help me and it's like that doesn't look like dad. <laughs> like, what what features are there on these people that makes them? She I, that 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 that's like plot denial. That's obviously Frank. I believe he admits to it being him. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. She just. <laughs> I want to say she thought that the uh, you know, uh, Pinhead and the rest of the Cenobites they destroyed frank's soul after he escaped and so she wasn't it didn't occur to her that he could still be able to make that contact but yeah i agreed with you too because that's some creepy frank stuff and um i mean i i I thought that i didn't think it was her dad either but i I thought Uh, just just one of those quick random thoughts so like all right let's let's kind of get into more of the meat of the dipping into hell but there was <laughs> oh all right so one of the things what would be fun with real quick just one more thought there i think it'd be funny to have like the uh both in this movie and the first one to have more of a montage around the when they're oh, yeah. get back you know like the when they're doing their like rebuilding the body because like i think you could do like the you know drop Girls, a victim get a little skin uh... trying outfits doesn't work yet you know like <laughs> Aww. Pretty woman walking down <laughs> yeah, the street. I was, was going to say they should have taken from a karate kid and been like, "You're the best around." Just as she shoves her head, hand right into somebody's back of their skull. <laughs> but it's like it's like tries on a mini skirt and then like your one of the legs is still skinless on the back and it's like I don't think so yet. And she's like, oh, "Okay, you know, well, like they get... you ruined it, so now you got to buy it." <laughs> like, <yeah. clears throat> uh. All right, uh, quote-wise, uh, we're not into quotes yet. Uh, Brian, <laughs> do you want to talk about our descent into hell or anything like that? Well, sure do. I think um, this, the, the sweet treat might slip into this, but what I like about this is, so the doctor eventually restores Julia, folks, and then he wants to see the other side of things, where she came from, you know, blah, 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 because he's got to know. Well, there is oh another plot convenience. There's a young, apparently mute, uh, young lady that is also a patient. And uh oh, folks, she's obsessed with solving puzzles. But on so they give her the puzzle to solve. She solves it, opens the door, right? 
while the doctor and Julia are observing from like a little spy window. And all the like little gateways start popping up in the house. And they come in and the regular Cenobites are going to, you know, tell Tiffany what for. Tiffany's the name of the girl. And uh, our priest man, uh, Pinhead, comes in. He's like, wait, no, wait. Blah, blah, blah. And they're all like, what? He's like, it's not hands that call us. It's desire. And he looks I re- over I really to where the... Yeah. That's what I like about Hellraiser. It's like, they they know the difference. They know why they're here. They can sense that shit. That's why I don't like the new one. Um, yeah, at the same time, Brian, but then he was also confused on who opened the gateway. <laughs> he points out that Christy keeps coming to see him, or whatever, came to well, see him. Well, you know, well, she she does keep showing up, Zach. Yeah, they, I know. They, I mean, they they the Cenobites echo my thoughts on it. It's like, are you teasing us? That that was also there's some really good lines mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, uh, but I, I notice about it is they leave her alone. They don't even bother to deal with the box. They're just like, okay, the box is left there. The little girl, she, if you want to call her that, she's like a teen or something. But um, she goes wandering off into the labyrinth, and the box is just left there. The Cenobites don't pick it up. Nobody picks it up. And uh, I, I happen to notice that that's like the thing that really struck me because they know that's a big deal to them. They don't really worry about it. They don't care. Um, while everyone else wanders off, so I imagine they might be... They don't seem to be in a big hurry because uh, I, I kind of disagree with Zach. I think they've got all the time in the world, like eternity. Um, he, uh, I, but, I have uh, a feeling that there's like two timelines going on, like... Within there, they have eternity. Within when they're bridging, that they don't kind of thing. Uh, like, um, like time moves different there. Probably. Yeah, I but I don't think they have a they. I don't think they have a time limit themselves. I I do love the line: "We have eternity to know your flesh." Yeah, I mean, I, I, I Brian, I kind of I agree with that as well. I think when they're in there, they have eternity. But I'm, what I'm saying is, I think that no, I believe flinched. them to be immortal because they're already dead. Well, I was saying, I, I believe uh, Le- Leviathan or whatever replenishes them. He, he replaces them eventually. Well, I have so something to say about that. Test on that well. immortality in there. Well, the thing is, is that uh, they don't die. Yeah. They're not dead. They just, whatever. But, but that that's kind of my sweet treat, is I have a feeling... For... <sighs> okay. So, the doctor, in his exploration into hell, gets tricked by julia into a little happy fun transformation box let's just call it that uh and is specifically transformed by leviathan in his leviathan form and i believe this takes place after kirsty has her encounter again with the cenobites and they change the box in her hands because she's trying to use it and say, hey, and they, and they look at her and go, why why are you using that box? It can't send us back. We're already here. You're here. The box has a different use here altogether, which they don't tend to be uh, terribly worried about either. But it does transform the box into a like diamond pyramid 
shape. I'm not sure what to call it, uh, but um, it's no longer a cube. Looks more like an uh, like an elongated dagger esque, still six sided, but anyway. <clears throat> so I think that Leviathan may be the lord of the labyrinth, but isn't exactly free to do his own thing in the labyrinth. And that's what the doctor is supposed to be doing. The doctor is a specific servant of the Le the, Le the Leviathan because Julia also says that's her god. Do you get a bit of a Tron vibe from all this? It's like a Helltron to me. <laughs> yeah. Like Leviathan ma ma Master Control. The mm, guy that mm. comes out of it is the doctor. Um, you know, yeah. the, the labyrinth reminds me a lot of the game map and stuff like that. Uh, there was there was a lot of like evil Tron to this in my well, opinion. I I think the Cenobites are more of a steward of the the labyrinth and in control of it and trying to maintain like some sort of rule set that's been established. But Leviathan doesn't like that rule set and is even though it may be a, a godlike entity, it's still being controlled somehow or constrained. But the Doctor is going to help him. Like that's why I'm just like that's. That's why they seem so eager to fight. I don't think it was a revelation that they were once human. I think it was more that the doctor, the doctor's even a different color. I don't want to get into racism, but <laughs> he's a bluish hue, and they're all very, very pale and colorless. You don't think that was anything about how fresh he was? Well, no, because no. when Pinhead changes at the start, he's to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So there may be different teams being represented here. They're all evil. It's not. Zach, which team are you on? Uh, I would be on team uh, Cinnabite. Nice. Even um, though they lost. The doctor's got better lines. Cinnabite chatterers. Dude, what about the, uh, <laughs> you have your whole lives behind you now. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> that was very, like, unsettling. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. What is on the agenda today? Ah, evisceration. <laughs> yeah, he, he chews up some scenes for sure. Yeah, he does. I My favorite line in the whole thing, since, you know, we'll just get to that, is when he first comes out of the box after transformation, the doctor, and he's like, and to think, I hesitated. Yes. Yeah, that, that embrace of his... Oh, yeah. ...new thing was... Pretty dope. Uh, Zach, what about, you know, your thoughts on kind of the, the hell structure and things like that? Anything? Uh, no, I uh, I really didn't think. I I like that if you can get on top of the maze, you can just walk to the straight to Leviathan when it's shooting it, like, uh, looking through it. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I there's a lot of things I enjoyed about it. I enjoyed how, obviously, uh, Christine Tiffany could never... They remembered where they came from really well for a maze. Like whenever yeah, they, uh, yeah. they're going back for the box, they knew exactly where to go. Whenever at the very end, whenever <clears throat> Kirsty runs back to save Tiffany, she knows exactly like where she needs to go. <gasps> everything. Well, I, I kind of think like, I agree with you there that it really shouldn't have been so easy. considering it's called a labyrinth, but I think it's more of like, cause the doctor also describes a labyrinth of the mind. And I believe what the deal is, is 
this place reflects your own inner thoughts of yourself and your soul. And it's, if you can, if you really want something hard, you can probably just find it. Like just walking around and being like, oh, here's the way out. Because I really, really want the way out. Now, if, you, if you can manage that, you know, they don't really explore that much, but I assume that'd be the case if you were ever stuck inside. I think if they were more corrupt, yeah, they would have trouble leaving. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. I, I, I do like how both uh, Tiffany and Christy, to show that it is their personal hell, they both found their, like, yeah. I don't know, childhood homes or whatever, like their their inner traumas, and they had to deal with them, like Christy with uh, getting to see Frank and Julia again, and uh, Tiffany with just her uh, mother begging for the doctor to help her daughter. Yeah, it's not too different from the second oracle from uh, Never Ending Story. Yeah. This just seems like it's been a while since I've watched that. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I just, that's, that's, this place, I just like the exploration of it. Like, I, I really like it. Like, it, there's, there's, there's some cheesy stuff, obviously, and I think the fight could have been a little better. And the, some of the, they, they, did anyone notice there's a lot of close-ups? Yes, like every time uh, the hooks get thrown, there, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, here, here's where it starts from. Oh, here's where it goes, hits him. Here's where it pierces the skin. Here's where he, you know, cuts yeah. it off. It's like, wow. I mean, like everything. Yeah, a lot of close-ups. Especially on the people. Never mm-hmm. once got to get over here. That's a problem. From the little hooks. Need a little motocon. Well, it's, yeah, it's because he shoots like 10 of them and usually rips people in half. okay okay folks i've got to say this about the doctor he's just like a real ominous freaky thing you can tell he's playing for a different team for different reasons right his design is very different ish he's still like a hellish s&m look right but he's got a like a blue tint to him but a lot of his craziness that he can do is very organic and fleshy all the other Cenobites are just like their regular flesh, but like twisted with uh, materials. It's like these are like the human demons. Like these would be like human designs if hu- if humans were really demon-esque. But this guy is designed by the the evilness of the realm itself, and it's using a more fleshy motif. Because what it happens is he gets out and he's got the regular kind of look doesn't have a whole lot going on but then this tentacle phallic thing comes out opens up with a metal spinny thing that resembles a lot of the tools he's been using on people plugs into his head and i guess drills into his body and borrows out a way for it to extend its fleshy tentacles out of his hands he's pretty gnarly when you think about it it's it's I, I I thought his design was pretty cool. Yeah. I yeah, I like it too, Brad. I like the wires that come across his face. His face and, yeah. Yeah. I thought and and the little uh, serpent with the blades in them or the flowers or whatever. I think that was that came up with his hands are awesome. Yeah, there's some creepy stuff because like where it's beckoning to Tiffany. Yes. Yeah. It, it, there was definitely a well thought out uh, new ominous like his little floating like 
or like the thing on his head moving him around like yeah i loved his his finish <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was not pretty because i still think he's all there i don't think he's dead <laughs> he's just no. a head now or the top half of a head spoilers <laughs> uh speaking of i mean like i, th- I think Unless there's some other, like, overall, you know, subtext or I, anything else to talk about. Or, Zach, what do you got? No, not a subtext, but one of my favorite little uh, scenes is the wind tunnel. When uh, Julia's skin just stays on the uh, Tiffany and her body flies out of it. <laughs> I like that. It's like, wait a minute, you killed all those people for just a jumpsuit? <laughs> hey, you know. Yeah, I I really like the uh, Kirsty's use of the skin at the end. Like, yeah, I yes. did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. She was Tiffany's fighting, uh, you know, the doctor or whatever, and <laughs> and Kirsty is able to run back, grab the skin, and come back. Awesome. With, I have an idea. <laughs> let me run six blocks away and grab this uh, <laughs> okay. flesh suit and come awesome. back. Now we know where Hannibal Lecter got the idea. <laughs> um, do, so this one wasn't... Do you guys know... I know this wasn't directed by... Uh, what's his face? I just blanked. Clyde? Clyde Barker? Yeah. Do we know what happened with that? Does Is he a fan on this one? or? I don't know. I, I don't... I'm not sure he would have been, like overly enthusiastic about all the aspects of the movie. But I think there might have been some stuff he'd been okay with. But I think he probably would have not preferred it to go the way it Yes. Yeah. Um, the director of this did go on to direct uh, A Doggone Adventure 2018, which seems like another layer of hell. Tell him about dog enlists a group of fun-loving kids to help him solve a mystery. On detective leads the children down a road filled with action and adventure. Okay, he also uh, directed Power Rangers and the two episodes of Power Rangers in Space. So, Zach, that's not a dog on adventure. <laughs> I'm just saying he likes the super. <laughs> I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> Man's got to eat. That's what I think. Uh, all right, sweet treat. I, I'm going to say that was a sweet treat. The, the, the movie doesn't outright say it, but it, it, it alludes to the fact that there is a conflict between forces in this hell. It's not a, you know, it's not a unified utopian hell. <laughs> it's, sure. Yeah, there's prob- trouble in non-paradise. Yeah, Oh, exactly. uh, real To loop back real fast, like, what did you think about the ending ending? I kind of thought, like, if you cut it with the like, there's two two workmen that show up at the house with the mattress, and one gets like pulled into it. Half. I would have cut it. right there. I would have cut right there. Yeah. What yeah. What did you think about the monument that rose up with all the different pieces and moving parts? I. And... Okay, here's what I think about it. I think it was a little too on the nosiest, you know, like it was like why because it kept going close in and all the stuff they did on it. They really wanted to show it off for some reason. It's like, I don't, I think it was just a little, I think it felt a little forced to me. 
I'd have been okay with them just being sucked in halfway into the mattress and the guy finding him. I would have done the suck in and then like cue like some 80s theme song for Hellraiser 2. We're the Hellraisers. Ain't gonna raise no hell. I, I like the uh, very end where it zooms in on the guy who sells the box in the first two movies. What's your pleasure? But yeah, <laughs> your pleasure, I mean, sir. Yeah, I don't I, think we see him again after that. Don't quote me on that, I guess, because I've been wrong before. That's <laughs> okay. All right. We've I got, think that's the last time we got him. got Zach with assignments tonight, so we need to keep moving forward. Uh, we... <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do about episode one from the season. Uh, Lost the episode. Maybe. I, it's going to uh, take I, a lot to rework, or I think maybe we revisit it soon. Probably. And just record. So we had a little bit of a audio trouble that's ongoing. Not that we've ever had perfect audio. If, um, if, if I would have to say something about it, I was like, I think we could have done it a bit more justice, and now we got that opportunity. I, I agree. I'm not mad about Losing. So we talked about killer clowns from outer space, and I think we'll come back to it. The thing that we're not going to worry about wasting time on, or not wasting, but burning a bunch of time on, is going back over the list stuff. We'll just roll with what we got. Yeah. Oh, and Zach. Oh, Zach. <laughs> Hands on the mic, man. Why? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Mute, then handle, then unmute. Um, okay. So, yeah, we'll... We've got our rankings pulled over. We did some trimming to bring the list. So we're going to rank Hellraiser 2 uh, here at the Lost Remote Podcast. We've been away for a few months. But we took our Season 2 list, trimmed out some Season 2 movies, brought back our top three and our bottom three, and added four in the middle to help give us some guidance. Now we want to see where Hellraiser 2 fits in. I'll go ahead and read the full list for everybody when we do, and then... We'll go from there. Yeah, um, I was about to say, I don't remember what's on my list. <laughs> I don't remember my top three and my uh, bottom one. He's got it. He's got it. Back, Brian, who wants to go first? I'll go. Why not? All right. Brian, your list following the end of season one and two and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um, or should we just pull that out of here since we're going to come no, back to we, it? No, I think we should acknowledge it. No reason to hide it. I didn't know if it might get re-ranked later, but it should. It's a pretty solid movie. I, I don't see it moving around. We're Zion, top to bottom. Nightmare on Elm Street, Ghostbusters. We lost okay, you. So that's this not Brian's. Exactly. That's not Brian's. <laughs> All right, I was switching back and forth. Brian, top to bottom. Ghostbusters. What do you want? New Nightmare, Batman Returns, Nightmare on Elm Street, Arthur, we're losing you. You shouldn't be losing me because I'm on the mic that's on my head. Yeah, I was a... get cut out. Like yeah, after Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, let's. Uh... All right, am I here now? Yeah. All right, top to bottom, Brian. Ghostbusters, New Nightmare, Batman Returns, Nightmare on Elm Street, Evil Dead 2, Hellraiser, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, The Crawling Eye. Phantom Empire, Scary Movie, and Sundown, The Vampire in Retreat. Okay. Um, give me... Where was Hellraiser? Uh, between e Evil Dead 2 and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. 
I'm going to go with uh, just Hellraiser 2 is above Hellraiser 1. Okay, and below Evil Dead 2? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Zach. Your list, we've heard part of already. We'll do it again. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, Ghostbusters, Lost Boys, New Nightmare, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Frankenhooker, Crawling Eye, Squirm, Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain, Scary Movie, and Phantom Empire. So, this is going to go just above Squirm. Yep. So, lower than The Crawling Eye, landed yeah, in my I, I, I really like The Crawling Eye. And don't get me wrong, I like this movie too, but I really like The Crawling Eye. Yeah. It's all good. I'm just uh, calling out the placement. All right, uh, looking at mine, Ghostbusters, Batman Returns, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, uh, Edward Scissorhands, Gremlins, Death Race 2000, Crawling Eye, Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain, Run Down the Vampire and Retreat, and Phantom Empire. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I might watch Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain again before... I'm I'm in the below crawling eye camp looking at my list again. Um, I'm gonna I want to put this above scary movie and below three ninjas high noon at Mega Mountain. Ouch! Which is uh, a phrase nobody should ever say. It's a better movie. Three... Let's just be honest. It's a better movie. I bring in the what would I watch again first, uh. and I would watch some Jim Varney and Hulk Hogan shenanigans. Sorry to those Cinnabons. You're cutting out again, bud. Yeah. Really? But we did get Cinnabons. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, my apologies what's, to those. What's in like, the box? It is a better movie. Like, I'm not saying that. Part of our ranking is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is yeah. a weight. There's a weight component on what do you like to watch. Um, and the other thing there, just for the edific- you know, like the edification of the like, people listening... Our lists are different because we choose the middle four to bring forward to give it some placement to go against season to season. And so as we go along, those split up. So that's why those are a little different there. Bring our top three or bottom three and then four rando. And now the first two of the season. Uh, Let's pair this movie. You're having a lovely evening. You want to sit back and visit the labyrinth. Uh, what other movie will you ju- watch with it, and in what order? Uh, Zach, Brian? I'll go. Well, uh, funny enough, uh, I will choose Labyrinth. <laughs> and once I said I it out loud... So, I hate you so much. Once I said it out loud, I was <laughs> I like... <hate> so <laughs> much. That was mine. Uh, yeah. What order? Uh, we will uh, start with the kid-friendly film Labyrinth <laughs> and put the, put the women and children to bed, because then it'll be Hellraiser 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's a burner. Uh, I only had one pairing and I didn't think Brian was going to take it but I okay I'll come up with another one real quick I am going to pair this with the Arthur pulling his beard hair out uh, uh, sorry I'm, I'm going to pair this <laughs> with Wishmaster <laughs> Wishmaster that's what nice. I haven't seen but I want to get on here at some oh point. really yeah I haven't okay. seen that since I was in high school but yeah 
Which one's first? Uh, we'll watch The Wishmaster first. It's kind of a chooser. What, oh, what are you saying? Yeah, you're... Yeah, that's weird. So it's kind of like a choose your fate for the evening type of thing between we Oh, yeah. yeah. We've got to get a better audio set up here. Um, all right. Uh, I was a little lost on what I would watch with this, but I did see Nightbreed earlier this year. Um, so I think I'd do the old director's cut of Nightbreed. Um, I think Hellraiser 2 first, then Nightbreed. General, I think we already used the Hellraiser... Somebody do a Hellraiser two and or one and two before. I did. When we yeah. did Hellraiser one, I suggested just going straight into Hellraiser two immediately yeah. after. Yeah, and then we made the joke of how you could just skip Hellraiser one and watch Hellraiser two because the best parts are the first ten minutes. Right. Well, yeah, and I like how it kind of jumps back and forth. It's not just like the ten minute clip at the start. There's there's a little more opening to it, but yeah. Um, so I will make sure this is out by Halloween day. Uh, schedule last two weeks had been weird, and then we got to the audio for Killer Clowns, and it was garbage. Uh, Brian, do you have your... You do, what, Nightmare on Elm Street marathon for for Halloween? Yes. Got it on deck? Yeah. Nice. Ready to roll. I just, you know, <clears throat> luckily I have the day off, so I don't have to worry about going in. So it'll be... And my... My schedule now, because I'm working nights, is I'll be watching it all night rather than during the day. <laughs> yes, the way it's intended. Oh. I put Freddy's Dead on the other night, and it had been the first time I'd seen it in maybe since it came out. And I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Freddy's Dead's a lot of fun. I don't yeah. like the people that hate on it. It's a fun movie. Yeah. It, it it's, it's got a lot going. It it you know like it, we we've established the the sweet spots for me are sometimes that can't you know there's there's lines in that. You forgot the power glove. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Just yeah, the movie's the, great. The the hearing aid and stuff. We'll get to it. Brian and mm-hmm. I, Zach, I don't remember if you dropped off yet, but it, me, Brian and I had talked about instead of doing all the nightmare movies at some level, doing some like lumping together, like multiple at a time discussion. So, you know, we'll get there. But. Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, I love the enthusiasm. It, it, well, I mean, I'll watch them, however. So, except well, Zach, for four. What's your... Because I don't want to have to find the DVD of four. Because it's the only one that's never on streaming. <laughs> I'm sure you have someone that can help you out there. No, I actually have the DVD sitting right next to my TV. I just... <laughs> just four is never on streaming it's just Jeez, <laughs> uh, Zach what's your what's your wrapping the October season up plan here if you uh, well so I have seen uh, Halloween ends now uh-huh. and uh, I am going back and watching the original Halloween movies because I want to see you know, I'll have to watch Halloween uh, H2O, which is not one of the original ones, I guess, but in Halloween uh, 2018, because I want to see a 
you know, three sequels to the original Halloween movie. So we got Halloween two from the eighties. And then <laughs> I actually do want something else from you. Cause you, you talked to me about it, but like, you know, I've talked about Halloween horror nights here before. I would like you to provide a little color around Oklahoma city's own prestige Halloween event and how it went for you. All right. So here's going to be very first words. Man, fuck fright fest. <laughs> it was the worst ever. So we get there and they close down like all the drinks concession stands in the whole park. So even concession stands have an hour for, wait. For the audience, where's Fright Fest? Like, Fright Fest is at, uh, now Six Flags on Frontier City on the north side of Oklahoma City, just below Edmond, on the south side of Edmond. But yeah, it's usually I've always had good luck going to Fright Fest and never too long lines. And No, for every ride, it was like a two hour wait. Every concession stand was over an hour wait. They closed down, you know, from 10 or 15 concession possibilities in Frontier City to four. And every ride was at half operating. So we, my niece wanted to ride the Ferris wheel. That was the only thing she wanted to ride. It took two hours to get through the Ferris wheel line. And then we wanted to do the, uh, the haunted house, which is ridiculously expensive. It's like 40 extra bucks just to go through the haunted house. And, it's, and they shut that son of a bitch down at 10 on the dot. And if you were in line, 10, you didn't go through it. At 10. At for 10. a Halloween on thing. Saturday. On a weekend? On a Saturday. And this is their special Halloween special. They have one haunted house. Yeah. One haunted <laughs> house. And they closed that shit down. I was so pissed off. I have never been so mad. We So the highlight of my trip to Frontier City, uh, Fright Fest, <laughs> was when we were on the Ferris wheel. We got to sit at the top of it for 20 minutes. <laughs> and then we got to go around the Ferris wheel three times. We were on this ride for almost 30 minutes to go around a Ferris wheel three times. This is piss poor run. This is the definition of we got your money. You can go screw yourself now. I'm surprised there weren't more uh, code yellows on that ride. Yeah, there was a kid that was behind me in line, said he'd been there since 4 o'clock, and that was the third thing he was on. This is at 9.40. That's awful. Three rides. Uh, uh, Uncle Zach, it's raining. No, it's not rain. It's not raining. (laughs) But the highlight, the actual, another highlight of the the, uh, Ferris wheel was the girl that was in the car next to us. Because they load two cars, skip four, load two cars, skip four. The worst, worst design for and just execution of how to do uh, an amusement park. But the girl beside us, when we were at the top for 20 minutes, she was afraid of heights. And so (laughs) we're at the very top of the Ferris wheel, not moving. And this is Oklahoma wind, you know, so it's 2025. Oh, God. And this girl's laying and she's laying in the car, the cart next to us, crying. Yeah, I would have been screaming. I I actually, I I hit a point where I was done with Ferris wheels. uh, As I got a little older, I'm also not great with heights. Yeah, and we were in Austria, and there's like this one from like the late 1800s. It's like the first or like Europe's first or whatever. And it's, it's the one they used in the crawling eye. <laughs> um, but like I, 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 I full on noped it. Like I just, I didn't. Uh, I did the one in Vegas where it's like a glass cylinder that holds like 20 people, 
and that one's a 30 minute ride but like on purpose and that one i i almost burst a, a kidney on you know don't they serve drinks in the one in vegas oh not only that uh <laughs> we were on a corporate trip and we had an open bar for a full hour before it Ooh. which i went to the restaurant right before but like the uh <laughs> the coordinator of it <laughs> We'd gotten to be friends over the couple of years, and she ran up to me like with like 20 minutes before a ride, and she's like, "Guys, I still have like 60 drink tickets. Can you go order more?" And I was like, "Okay, I guess." And like, <laughs> like before getting on, I'm like, I went to the restroom, and then I get on there, and we're like 18 minutes deep, and it's like, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no!" And like when it crests, when it got to the top. Everyone in there, the Bellagio fountains were going. <laughs> and like, I'm like sneaking to the other side thinking maybe I can use the restroom in a cup or something. And the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the vendor we were working with, his wife, who's, who's great, she turns and she goes, Arthur, what are you doing? And I'm like, Perfect, I have to purr. <laughs> And, like, instead of being like, okay, I'll buy you time, she's like, ha, ah, grabs the CEO, is like, Arthur's got to pee. And, like, <laughs> he's the coolest dude in the world and, like, tries to hand me his in and out cup. <laughs> and I'm like, Arthur, I'm not going to pee in your cup. Like, and, like, I hung on and, like, had to, like, run the other, like, when they open the thing, you have to, like, go downstairs to leave it. And I'm, like, pushing back to where I know the bathroom is. The guy's like, you have to use the one down there. And I'm like, there's just no chance. Like I'm, <laughs> this I'm going it. this way. I'm gonna swim upstream, and I'm gonna, you know, take care here. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, fun fact: do not if if you do that, it's a great ride. Just just don't drink. Do it after. I don't understand why they do the open bar ahead of time. Just the dumbest thing in the world. I want to see how many of you have to pee and pee in the car. <laughs> I, I I don't get it. Like it's a thirty minute ride plus. Like whatever. So yeah, that uh, <laughs> listeners, next year if you want to come down to Fright Fest, what do you say to him, Zach? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, I was mad enough. I called Arthur to tell him how <laughs> how pissed off I was about this experience, <laughs> and to warn him because he likes to go to like Halloween horror nights. And I was like, "Hey, have you been to Fright Fest?" And if he would have said no, and he said no, I was like, "Do not go." It's a waste of money. Yeah, so first of all, to get into Fry Fest, to go into this haunted house, it's 40 fucking dollars, and you have to buy a general admission ticket as well. So to go into it, it's 70 bucks. Just to get on, <laughs> to, just just for a line to, you can't get into. Yeah, to get into the park tent. and then hopefully maybe go through it. But yeah. I, <laughs> what a, oh, it's awful. Oh, man, it was terrible. Uh, I was so uh, mad. At least, like, for me, the... Uh, because uh, you know I'm terrible. At least the, the you know the girl stuck at the top of the uh, Ferris wheel would have been mildly worth it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean I don't know. I might have passed out. There's been a couple. <laughs> there's been multiple times where like the roller coaster, the silver bullet there has gotten stuck at like the top loading thing, and they've had to walk people down. And I I don't know what I would do. I don't. They would have to like straight jacket. Like, like put me on a plank. I, I literally do not know how I could handle that situation without 
being tied to something and like blindfolded and guided through it. I I just yeah. don't. I I'm at that point where I'm like crippled crippled by heights and wind and stuff like that. It's... No, yeah, it it was a very frustrating evening to say the least. And oh, and it's twenty five dollars to park there now. <laughs> so this is a hundred dollar plus. Stack lesson. it to the heavens. Like this Stack is like the seriously, heavens. there were five of us that went, and this is you know four hundred dollars. You're you're like the initial like royalty of Paris, like who gets to ride the first Ferris wheel. We have spent the month's savings, and like we will ride it once. I mean, they could have. Uh, I don't know. I, I I better stop, or else we're really gonna have to explicit this. <laughs> I I love it. I love that. It, it's yeah. So no, I mean I'm glad you told me because I have been looking for stuff to do, and I might have been good at it. <laughs> Tonight at the drive-in was uh, first Friday the 13th, the original, and Nightmare on Elm Street. It's kind of a cool Aww. double. That's a good one. Yeah. So. Your suffering sustains me. I'm glad. <laughs> I was pissed. <laughs> food. Real food. <laughs> no. Um, so do you guys want to know what we're watching next? I, I would, do. I am deadly curious. So Brian mentioned in the episode that nobody will probably hear less that we recorded last <laughs> killer clowns from outer space that he does not like it when we open up a series and don't close it off. So we're going to close off the first series we opened when we started this show and we're going to watch poltergeist three. Huh. It'll be a first watch for Arthur. Uh, yep. <laughs> and it is currently available on Tubi which is where I'm going to watch it, or you can go to Pluto which, and all the other. That's a hell apps. of a trip, man. But do not use the Redbox app because <laughs> the audio sucks on the Redbox streaming app. <laughs> I'm not going to get my ass to Pluto just to watch that movie. <laughs> Would you get your ass to Mars? No. Just to go to is Mars. It, is there yeah. not a Poltergeist 4? Um... That's with Sam Rockwell in a remake. Uh, no, there's not a Poltergeist 4 because unfortunately the lead actress passed away after Poltergeist 3. There was a series, though. There was a series in the, in the 90s, yeah. The Legacy. Um, I did watch The Simpsons one. I was trying to get through all the tree houses of horror. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. so many. But yeah. I, I well, got that's what happens for a show that's been on for nine thousand years. It's like yeah, the original I watched, cable cartoon. <laughs> I did watch the new one where they had the whole episode dedicated to an it. You know, redoing it. It's kind of fun. Speaking of burst kidneys, when I went to go see the the first it, um, when they did their actual movies and not the miniseries, yeah, I was struggling at the end. I could feel it in my kidneys. I was like, shit, hurry up, <laughs> kids. Beat this damn thing. <laughs> Luckily, uh, I think I saw, I saw the first at home and the second at the drive-in. So I just went like halfway through. and just It was audio at the snack stand and stuff. It worked. Every time there was a kill, they released a balloon. It was awesome. <laughs> it was cool. You'd see a red balloon going in front of the That's seat. pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, um, 
I don't know. It, hopefully this levels out a little bit more. Me and Brian did some work at the start, so we would like people to listen to this, even if they wouldn't have. But we'll get back. We're going to be working on it. Um, Poltergeist 2. I guess are we doing a Thanksgiving oh. theme with that, where it's like Poltergeist? We're doing Poltergeist 3. Yeah. Whatever, there's a couple of them. Poultrygeist. Poultrygeist, yay! <laughs> I, I do have one question, though, and I haven't spoken to Brian about this. Brian, have you watched... Did you watch The Lord of the Rings, uh, Rings of Power? No. Okay. I will rewatch The Lord of the Rings South Park, if that counts. You sound not pepe pay. You said not pepe. We're playing Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't really um, like water. <laughs> Sixth graders don't like water. I'm going to get my bike chain all rusty. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Um, hopefully we get into a little bit more of a groove. Zach is still becoming a learned man. So we're working around that. My... Six months. I'm done, man. Awesome. Then you're gonna leave us for the big city, probably. Yeah, no way to get a hold of him on the internet there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna move on up to Kansas City. So why would I be college? Why would I move to Kansas City, man? Because it's the first thing that pops in his head. <laughs> <laughs> it, it literally—it just sounds like one of those train stops when people would head out west, like. That'll be the gateway to the future. We're off to Salt Lake. (laughs) (laughs) Where I can be free from the religions of the East. (laughs) All right. uh, Thanks for joining us, Zach. Any other thoughts before we turn it to Brian? No, sir. Brian. Folks. Take some. Zach has already done our don't you do that now, don't you do it. But he's right. You enter a home expecting an evil monster that is a woman. You should consider all strange women that evil monster. Don't be foolish and enter the domain of the evil creature and assume that some beautiful woman in a dress who doesn't appear to have been crying at all is not that creature. Just don't let the plot destroy you. And you you should be fine. Good luck, everyone. Happy Halloween.